You're listening to Fidem Catholica, the Sunday homilies of Father John Gazaldo, pastor at St. Luke Catholic Church, Temple, Texas. Today's homily is from Sunday, February 11th, 2024, the sixth Sunday in Ordinary Time, titled Green Pastures. color green. Green is a, a sign of harvest, of growth, of, of mission. And Mother Church uses this color during this time, called, sometimes called ordinary time, um, to emphasize that we have been sent. And this is a place of life, growth, harvest, sending people, missionaries into the field. But this Sunday, today, will be the last time we wear green. We have the, the green lights going on till about June something. Um, Wednesday and for the next five weeks after that, we'll be wearing violet, purple. Then we'll wear white for about six weeks to celebrate Easter. Then we'll wear red <coughs> for all those festivities around Pentecost. So it might be a while before we see the green but we also use green in sayings that we have about other people. There's a saying that says, the grass is always greener on the other side. The grass is always greener on the other side. And I think this is mostly true on how we look at things, people, neighbors. We look at other people's jobs and think, oh, that must be better. People's marriages, people's families, people's schools, people's churches, and say, oh, that looks really cool. I wish I could join them. They have it really good. And for most of the time, that's a deception. And it's just, oftentimes, it's just not true. People look at you, oftentimes thinking you have it. You're on the greener pastures. But there are some situations where nobody looks at and says, wow, the grass is greener over there. In the first reading in the gospel, we are introduced to this phenomenon that people in, the, in biblical times dealt with, and that was leprosy. Now, some of them, the cases of leprosy, was Hansen's disease. But as you hear in Leviticus, any kind of boil or something that didn't look right could get you branded as a leper. And if anybody was walking by the leper colony... In biblical times, I doubt anybody looked at the leper colony and said, whoa, looks really cool in there. Wish I could join those guys. That looks really relaxing. No, nobody said that. Because if you were marked as a leper, there was nothing good about it. It was a life of not just sickness. Sometimes it was a death sentence. That's it. It put you away apart from everybody else until you died. And adding a series of insults to injury, oftentimes people would look at a leper and say he had it coming. God's punishing him somehow. That's God's curse. So there wasn't much sympathy for them either. They were ostracized by the world and their families. And they couldn't go to temple. They couldn't practice their religion at all. 
Sounds pretty rough. Adding more insult to more in injury, as you heard today, there was this rule that you had to announce when you were around people. When you crossed the street, you had to say, unclean, unclean. You know, that's like yelling, short, bald. Who wants to do that? It's an insult to injury. But I also think that in Leviticus, that was written thousands of years ago. But I think me and all of you in a post-COVID culture, I think it means something powerful again. Because most of us know what it feels like to be put aside, to be quarantined, to be treated like a leper. Now we have this encounter with Jesus. The leper breaks protocol. He comes right up to him, gets down on his knees, and asks to be clean. I want to be clean. And out of compassion, Jesus heals him. Now this is all important. We know that Jesus heals. He brings redemption, forgiveness. And it's, these miracles are a sign of his divinity. And he has come to free them from sin. <clears throat> because, like I said... Many people would saw that sinner, that man as a sinner. But I think there's something else hidden here too, which tells us a little about Jesus and what he is for us. Because in many ways, I would argue that Jesus kind of switched places with him, took his place. When that man was healed, he could now rejoin the community. He could now go down the street. He could now rejoin the temple and his family. He was restored to the community. And as we hear from the gospel, it is Jesus that has to all of a sudden not go into public places. He has to hide in the desert places. He could not walk around freely. He becomes the leper. He becomes the one who had, can't go about freely. And because this guy went and blabbed, to everyone about what happened, you could almost say it signed his death signature. Every time a, someone in power, a scribe, a Pharisee, a Sadducee, heard about a miracle of Jesus or saw a miracle, they would start to plan his demise. In other words, when Jesus healed that leper, you could say that was a death sentence. The clock was now ticking on Jesus. He switched sides. But if we believe, what we believe is true, that Jesus is God, his whole mission was to leave, you could say, a bond. He was God. He was the second person of the Trinity. He was other. But then he looked at the earth. He looked at the people of Israel, the chosen people, and there was no green grass there. Sin, corruption. And what did he do? He went right for that area, right where the lepers, the sick, the lonely, the outcast. He left his green pastures of heaven, of being part of the beatific vision, and took on flesh and entered people's dead gardens. 
But if we believe that Jesus is love, that God is love, that's what he is meant to do, to go to the outcast, to go and not hang around where we are comfortable, where he is comfortable. Because even in Jesus' earthly ministry, there were places that he went that absolutely accepted him, celebrated him being there in Capernaum, in Samaria. He was absolutely welcome. Big parties would happen when he would come. But he wanted to go to Jerusalem. Now, for most of us, he would say, well, where are the greener pastures? That really looks really cool. But his disciples and apostles said, you don't want to go to Jerusalem. They're going to kill you there. There's nothing green there. And that's exactly where he headed. Now, sure, that first day of Palm Sunday, but within a, within a 48-hour period, he was condemned to death. He was on trial. He was accused of lies. And we will go through that step by step. But he shows us that oftentimes we must leave our comfort zones and look where are the places that need more green, that need more life, and pay attention to that. So having said that, these past few weeks, I've been blessing a lot of houses. And, I, and that's fun. And in case you don't know, if you go like behind Tractor Supply or off Norbert Nugent Avenue or even down Martin Luther King, there are houses going up everywhere. Lots of Filipino houses. If you go to bless a Filipino house, you have to come with an empty stomach. last week I went to a new neighborhood off Nugent Avenue down the road and it wasn't even on my GPS or on my car GPS. It was a new street throwing up nice houses, beautiful little homes, new families, young families. But I noticed that on the other side of the fence there was another neighborhood. There was a mobile home park and something in me said, why don't you go there? So last Saturday, me and a few other street evangelists got off at Nugent, crossed over the highway, and pulled into a mobile home park. Now, we don't want to disparage anybody who lives in mobile home parks. I have some family members who've lived there, and some of them are very nice. But the moment I drove in there, I said, I'm not sure this was a mistake. So we started knocking on a few doors, and some of the doors, and you knocked on them, they actually, like, opened. And you could smell the dog, the cigarettes, the urine. It was kind of tough. And, like, the first or second house we went to, somebody cussed me out and threatened to sit on me until the cops came. And I said, wow, this is not very green pastures here. Um... But then we were almost done with our rounds, went to another double wide, knocked on the door, and a lady came out. It was almost as if the clouds burst, I mean, actually broke open, the sun came out. We gave her the spiel, and she asked her if she was Catholic, and she said, well, I go to this Baptist church, but I was raised Catholic, I went to Catholic school, and then she said those magic words that we, we didn't even tell her. She said, but you know, once Catholic, always Catholic. That's 
And for the next 20 minutes, she just shared her whole conversion story. It was as if God showed up. The spirit showed up. Suddenly that place looked a little bit more green. But you don't have to go to mobile home parks. You don't have to go to the east side of town. You can. But I would say maybe it's time as we approach Lent that maybe we look at places in your hearts, in your marriage, in your family, maybe even in your past that don't look very lively, that need to be attended to, that don't look very exciting. I, I'll be honest, there's a closet in my house that I avoid, and I really need to be more diligent at cleaning that thing out because our tendency is to go where we are welcome, to go where things are lively, to go there where there's life and and that's true, we want to. But often I think the Lord has shown us where are the places that lack greenness, that last harvest, that lack life. And maybe go there too, but don't go there alone. Maybe there's areas in your heart, your family, your past, your marriage that have to be attended to. I think also, you know, of a of the man who gets off work and he thinks in his mind, I can go home and face the troubles of my family or I can go to the bar. This is much more attractive. For the man who comes to the weekend and he has issues at home and his family and his children, his teenagers, his marriage, and he goes and plays 18 holes of golf. Nothing wrong with that. But if there are places in your life that need to be tended to, because there are all kinds of places where the grass looks very green. The grass looks very green. And sure, we go there for respite. But maybe we should take the Lord's hint. Because we have been sent on mission to go to those places in our hearts, our marriage, our past, our families, and take the Lord with you. Jesus said, you know, I am with you always and to the end of the world. He told his apostles, go like lambs among wolves, but I will be with you. And I, and I always think about those exorcists that walk into the room with a demoniac and they sing that song, when you stand before the power of hell and death is at your side, I am with you. So go. So go, even though it's going to be uncomfortable, even though it takes some sweat, even though it might cause us a kerfluffle. But you never know where God might show up. And to look out and seek out those places that are not so green and bring God with you and hopefully bring some more green and some more life. You've been listening to Fidium Catholica, the Sunday homilies of Father John Gazaldo, pastor at St. Luke Catholic Church, Temple, Texas. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast in any platform you're listening in so you can be notified when new episodes drop.